This episode contains depictions of death through bleeding out, car accidents, torture in a medical setting, dismemberment, and extreme body horror. If any of these topics are difficult in any way, please join us on another adventure. Thank you. The blood isn't clotting. I don't know why. I've just been sitting with my back against one of the truck's huge wheels and the blood hasn't stopped. No sign of the wolf either, just me in the dark woods, and I don't see the road anymore, Ben. It's like it disappeared as soon as we crashed off of it. There wasn't much concrete on it before either, but now there isn't even a clear spot in the trees where it should have been. I keep hearing noises and I can't tell if they're real. There's sounds that I've never heard animals make. Someone's laughing, I think. <laughs> Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. I think I have to hurry this shit up. I'm not sure how long I've got left, and I haven't even gotten to the good parts. I gotta finish this before I die. I have to, otherwise what was it all for? This story, Sasha, tell the fucking story. I told you about meeting Katya, leaving out the story. You were pretty, but I wasn't stupid enough to trust you. Not as much as you wanted me to, anyway. I'm not sure she should even be in here. Yes, Ben. None of us should be in here. That's what I've been telling you. That's not what I meant. You looked uncomfortable. You always looked so goddamn uncomfortable. I decided to let you off the hook. What did you mean? I'm not convinced there's anything magic about her. She could just be mentally ill. Maybe she's hallucinating. You think she's hallucinating? I haven't seen anything to convince me otherwise. I had. I'd seen her describe a girl she'd never seen and tell me about the boy with the same name as me. Whatever was going on with Katya, it wasn't normal. But I didn't tell you that. You were pretty, and I wasn't stupid. I asked, is she the last of the kids then? Just the four of us? You winced. Not quite. I've checked all the rooms. There's nobody else. She isn't on this floor. Okay. Why not? She... You were trying to work out how to say this without offending me. That was a bad sign. She's been subject to more investigation than the others. Investigation, I repeated, toneless. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? Your eyes widened like I'd hit you. How dare I get offended when you are being so careful about towing the company line? It just... it isn't important, really. You don't need to know about her. One thing about growing up getting hit is that you get really good at reading people's moods and what they mean. By this point I could read you pretty damn well. They're torturing her, aren't they? It's worse than what they've done to the rest of us somehow? Leave it, Sasha. You don't want to know. Then why am I asking? I don't know. I'm not a child, Ben. Stop deciding what I should and shouldn't know. You've done enough shit to me here. Don't start lying. You stared at me for a bit. Then you got up and gestured for me to follow. Just like that. In that moment, I could have sworn you cared about me. A little bit. Somewhere deep down. Maybe I was stupid after all.
I'm going to be pissed if this is how I die. I'm going to be really pissed after everything that's happened. If I just bleed out by the side of a road. Well, I guess there's no road anymore. <laughs> Who'd even find my body? Some fox or raven, maybe. I've started scratching my name into the plastic cover of the tape recorder in Russian. For once in my life, I should get to use Russian if it ends up being the last thing left of me. They were keeping her in the facility basement on the other side of the building. It took you about half an hour to walk me over. You pulled open a door, revealing a staircase going down. You gestured for me to go ahead. You're not coming, I asked. You shook your head. I don't want to see it again. That was a bad sign, but I'd ignored all the bad signs leading up to that point. I went down the stairs. My legs never been great at dealing with them, so it took me a while, clutching the railing, easing my way down. I didn't look up until I'd reached the floor. When I did, I wished I hadn't. There was a table in the middle of the room, but it wasn't like the ones they'd used to electrocute me on, or even the one Maximus tied to. Those at least had some padding. This one was metal, clearly meant for surgery. The thing on the table could barely be called a little girl. I don't... I don't think I can describe what she looked like. I don't think it's fair for her to have strangers know what she looked like after the gray men finished experimenting on her. If anyone out there is listening, I'll just give you the facts. You can fill in the rest. Her name was Anastasia. Nastya. She was 15 years old. She used to have thick brown hair that came down to her waist. She was a beautiful girl. She lives in Moscow with her parents, but we won't hold that against her. I threw up the first time you took me down to see her, and I felt so guilty about it that I begged you to take me back the next day just so I could apologize. It took three more visits before she talked to me. I say talked. She rasped. Her vocal cords weren't working very well, but she did the best she could, and I waited for her to get the words out. Nobody had talked to her in a while. Once she started talking, she told me what had happened. She'd been in a car accident with her parents at the end of January. Which year? She didn't know anymore. She hadn't seen the sun in a while. The road had been covered in black ice, and her father had been driving carefully, but there had been a sharp turn, and the brakes in the family car had given out. They'd gone off the side of the road into a ravine. Nastya blacked out for a few minutes. When she woke up, her parents were dead. Her father's face had gone through the windshield. Her mother had been suffocated by the airbag. Nastya was supposed to be dead, too. She was supposed to be dead. They were in the middle of the woods. They'd been going camping. At the bottom of a ravine, and when Nastya looked up through the part of the windshield not blocked by her father's head and saw a figure approaching from across the ravine, her initial relief at seeing someone coming to help her was quickly replaced by horror when she realized that the figure was dressed in black armor with white accents along the ribs and arms. 
As it came closer, she saw that the white accents were bones. The armor was covered in pieces of bone. Nastya was a smart girl. She undid her seatbelt, got the car door open, and stumbled out. One of her legs had been broken against the car door in the initial impact, but she limped away from the figure as quickly as she could. She made it a few meters before the figure spoke, its voice echoing. It said, You're meant to die. If you try to deny that, it'll be much worse for you. She kept going. It said, I'm not your enemy. She'd reached one of the slopes and started climbing. Dying now would be the better choice. People who live longer than they're supposed to always wish they hadn't. Ignoring the pain in her leg, Nastya climbed up and out of the ravine. She managed to make it to a town in the outskirts of the forest. They took one look at her leg and the blood and grime covering her and got her to a hospital. However, when the doctors had bandaged her leg and fixed everything as well as they could, they discovered something. Nastya wasn't bleeding. Some of the cuts on her body were still open, but the only blood looked like it had dried days ago. There was no more blood coming out of her. They kept her in for observation. After all, she had nowhere to go. When they went to check on her leg, it hadn't even started healing. The bone was broken in the same place it had been. Her heart wasn't pumping blood through her body anymore. She wasn't dead, but she wasn't alive, either. An old woman from the town heard about it and told anyone who'd listen tales of Cachet the Immortal, ruler of death, collecting souls for his domain. She told stories of old about people who were foolish enough to run away from him, about how their lives had turned into a living hell. The doctors placated the old woman and sent her home to her children. They commiserated about how people's minds start to go with old age. How sad. How very sad. Then one of the more enterprising doctors called a friend in a fringe branch of the Russian Secret Service. The gray men came to pick Nastya up within 24 hours. Their sedatives didn't work on her sedentary blood, so she got to stay awake for the long drive to the facility. When she got there, they took her to the basement. The first few days were decent, if annoying. Blood tests, blood pressure cuffs, deep questions about her life starting from birth to her 15th birthday. Then they started cutting. They cut off patches of her skin at first. Small ones. It stung, but she put up with it. She knew it would only get worse. Nastya was a smart girl. They cut her fingers off, one after the other. She understood then why they had put her in the basement and why the walls had blankets attached to them. Sound insulation is always important, even if there's nobody there to hear screams. The Grey Men were very professional about these things. They cut off one of her hands at her wrist, then at her elbow, then her shoulder. She wouldn't die. She couldn't even bleed. They cut into every artery they could find. They cut off her broken leg completely. They opened up her stomach and removed her organs, one by one, starting with her appendix and ending with her lungs. When they were done, they didn't even bother sewing her back up. They just left her, a living skeleton, to lie in their basement. She couldn't die. Could she feel pain? The blankets on the walls made sure that no one had to find that out. By the time I saw her, she'd been emptied out almost completely. They'd left her eyes, out of some sense of propriety, 
or because they hadn't gotten to removing them yet. I asked her if she regretted it. She couldn't nod her head, but the look in her leftover eyes was answer enough. People shouldn't run from death. When it comes, it's time. It may not feel like it, but it's the force that knows better than you. I have to believe that, otherwise it's all just pointless. If death is random, then what hope is there? Funny that I'm telling her story now of all times. Nasty couldn't bleed and I can't stop. There's someone coming through the woods towards me. I can't hear footsteps, but they know someone's there, like you know someone's watching you before you check. Well, if someone wants to eat me, now's the time, I suppose. I'm weaker than I've ever been. Who's there? Three guesses. Ah, shit. Is that your first guess? No, no. I know who you are. I met a friend of yours. I know. You were kind to her. Someone had to be. No, they did not have to be. So they weren't. Humans never do anything unless they are forced. That is why I exist. To force humans to die? To help them along. Isn't that kind of you? Yes, it is. Is that why you're here? Because I'm dying? Yes. Do I get to say in this? Yes. You have seen what happens when someone says no. Can I bargain? What will you offer me? A, a fiddling contest? A story. Oh, since you were kind to someone when you did not have to be, I will listen to your bargain. I'm not done with my story. I haven't gotten to the big finish yet. When I'm finished with it, you can take me. Interesting. How long will this story take you? I don't know. How convenient. It ends when I don't serve a purpose anymore. Human beings rarely exist for a purpose. They simply exist. Well, not me. I have a prophecy about me, haven't you heard? A prophecy? Yeah, it's a really big deal. People got hanged for it. Prophecies are not something to use as collateral. Are you lying to me, child? No, no, I promise I'm not. I... Look. You took my mother, my father, Ben, all of the other kids. You've taken all of them, haven't you? More or less. If I remember correctly, you gave some of them to me. Beside the point. When I fulfill the prophecy, you can take me. Do you know what the prophecy is? No. This is not a bargain, Ben. This is a gamble. You are gambling with your life. I wouldn't be the first. Nor will you be the last. Still, are you certain? I'm certain. I don't have much to lose except my life. Then we shake. Fuck, your hand is freezing. What were you expecting? I don't... I... Fuck. I just woke up. My back is killing me. This is why people tell you not to sleep sitting up. I could have sworn something important happened. I guess it must have been a dream.
that would be nice and convenient if the weird shit that happened to me could just be dreams that would be so nice unfortunately nice things only happen to normal people and i've given up on being one of those shit my right hand is covered in soot it's all black like i was touching something covered with it it's not rubbing off it's just there a layer of it fuck I wish I had something so I could wash it off. Something tells me it wouldn't come off. Fuck, what did I do? My head's finally stopped bleeding. That's something, isn't it? I don't know why that makes me feel a little scared. Fuck, where's the wolf? I did much less stupid shit when he was here, I swear. There's nobody to stop me from being dumb now. To be fair, I did manage not to die by myself. For better or for worse. Something tells me this is definitely for the worse. Ah, uh, well. You'll just have to put up with me a little longer, Ben. Congrats. This episode of Go I Know Not Wither stars Thomas Malinowski, Tessa Padromo, and Vals Vignette It was written by Thomas Malinowski and edited by Olivia Spreen. Cover art is by our friend Sasha. You can find them on Instagram at at an art post week. Special thanks to our patrons, Tessa Padromo, James Harper, Jennifer Parlette, and John Ashley Mulvaney. If you'd like to support Go I Know Not Wither and any future podcasts, check us out on our Patreon and on our Instagram at at Malinowski and Spreen. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Don't run away from death. He did track in college and he's still in surprisingly good shape. We'll see you next time, as we go we know not whither, to find we know not what.